Hey, thanks for checking out the Airborne Youth Podcast. This week you'll be hearing a teaching from our guest speaker. So without further ado, we have an amazing special guest tonight who you guys love because you've heard him before and we love him to death and oh my gosh, buckle your seatbelts. Everybody do it right now. Prophetic seatbelts. Come on. Here we go. Uh, Give it up for Josh McGreedy. Yes. Uh, I I know, right? Here we go. Come on, Josh. Hey, guys. Aren't Ben and Dylan like the best youth pastors in the whole world? I mean, I wish I had them. Anyway, how you guys doing? Yeah? Wasn't worship awesome? How long till school's over? 38 days. <laughs> oh, thank you. Dylan thinks I'm going to talk for a while here, I guess, huh? <laughs> Big gulps. All right. Yeah, let's, let's put that over here. <laughs> All right, and you got Joseph, huh? Okay. So, guys, Ben and Dylan asked me to speak, and they told me that your theme for this month is satisfied. And so, I got some sweet stories I want to tell you, and stuff out of the Bible. But um, I thought I'd start out with... Uh, this story out of the book of John, and I think it's chapter 5, I'm pretty sure. I don't have it in front of me. But there's a Jesus and his disciples that went for a long walk. They're walking all day. He sends his disciples into the town, but he stays at this well. And there's a woman there who's getting water from the well. And he says, this is Cliff Notes version. He says, hey, give me a drink. <laughs> and... Um, and then he's, she's like, you're asking me for a drink? Like that, you know? This is the message version. It was sass. It was definitely sass. And um, he said, if you knew who was talking to you and the gift of God, you would be asking me for a drink. And, she said, and he said, if you drank this, you would never be thirsty again. And he goes on and he says, hey, go get your husband. And uh, she said, oh, I don't have one. He said, you're right. You had five, and the man you're with now is not your husband. Now, if you rewind that, what he, how we began the conversation, he said, if you drank this water, you would never thirst again. I think what he was saying is the reason she had five husbands and that she was stumbling through life was because she was thirsty. Do you think she even knew she was thirsty? Do you think you know you're thirsty? Are you thirsty? Really? I don't, you know, I, I, you don't drink anything? (laughs) Okay, here. This is unopened. Can I get a refill, somebody? I don't want anyone passing out here. So she was thirsty, and she had no idea. What was Jesus going to give her to drink? How how does that happen? What was he going to give her? 
Well, you might think it's just because she had all this sin in her life and, you know, all these divorces and marriages and men that that means she was thirsty. But do you know everybody on planet Earth was thirsty before Jesus came? And they weren't a little bit thirsty. They were desperately thirsty. We didn't plan that. That's, that's not part of the show. They, everybody on earth was thirsty. So I got a little story. I didn't know I was thirsty. I couldn't even feel I was thirsty. Sometimes you get so used to living a certain way that you think it's normal. You think this is what life is supposed to be. Most of the kids in your high schools think that this is all life has to offer. They're like that woman at the well who can't tell there's anything more. So there was a time in my life, I was in college, it was about 10 years ago, and um, I went down to visit my father. He lived in Florida. And I went to a Christian college. I was a Christian, and I wrote the best papers about God, and I could explain him better than all my classmates. And I thought I was closer to God than anybody I knew. (laughs) Very proud thought. So I go down there to visit my father, And he goes to church every night of the week. And in all the churches, the people are laughing and clapping and jumping and dancing. And I think, oh, my gosh, these people, they don't even know God. Why are they so happy? That's what I thought. And so, um, remember, I didn't know I was thirsty. I thought I was smart, though. So, after going to church all week, I think we're done, and it's Sunday night. And I go out. He lived on the beach in Florida. I went out on the beach. I came back in. And he said, hey, we're going to a prayer meeting. I was like, oh, my God. And I think these people are really weird. Like, I don't know if we worship the same God. But I go to the prayer meeting. I go sit in the back. And um, I'm sitting there trying to not be seen by any of these people. And this man walks up. And he sits next to me. I open my eyes. I'm like, oh. And he said, he said, can I pray for you? And I said, sure, prayer can't hurt. And he said, let's go over here. And then he stopped and he said, I'm sensing a real hunger and a dissatisfaction. And he said that. I didn't even understand what happened, but my eyes started leaking. I didn't. I mean, it was it was spiritual. He said that. Boom. I had no idea. And when he named it, something came alive in me. He brought me over. He uh, he sit me down. And he sat next to me, and he said, I'm going to put my hands on you. That was weird to me. I hadn't seen that. So he puts his hands on me, and then he starts speaking what I thought was Italian. And I thought, all right, Geppetto here is going to pray an Italian blessing over me. And um, then he does that for a while, and I don't know why, but I start crying. And he starts crying. And then he starts telling me about my life, and he starts at that age. And he just starts going back through my life and telling me these stories. And all of a sudden, before he says what he's going to say, I get a a flash, an image in my mind. And I start crying. But he's crying the same way with me. It was like we were crying together. And he would tell me these memories. And I realized, I just knew in the moment, that that man was not crying over me. God was crying over me. Not because I was beat by my father, not because I didn't have food, but because I didn't know the love of God and it broke his heart. Because I was thirsty for something out of this world and I got used to it 
and I became an orphan. So he prayed for me, and um, I got so undone. It was the truest thing I had ever heard or seen in my life. And it was so real that I had snot coming out of my nose. It touched the floor, and it still was flowing. I, I call it a connector. Whenever there's a connector, you know that God is moving. So I had a connector, and I was not ashamed. I, I couldn't be ashamed. It was the realest thing. I wanted what he was doing, what he was saying, more than anything I wanted in my whole life. I ended up on my face for a few hours, and I, uh, just crying my eyes out. One, because I was so proud. I thought I was closer to God than anybody. And two, because I wanted to know him. And I thought, what was that? You know what happened? My thirst got uncovered. When you think God is distant, that God is stingy, that God is a religion, that God is church, you won't expect anything from him. You'll keep him as far away, and you probably won't do major sins, but that's not what God is. So all I knew is that I could give nobody the experience that that man gave me. I didn't know that God. My God was an idea. So from that point forward, I had one goal in life, and it was to find that God. And it's not like I had some moral elitism or quest. I was out of control hungry. I said, what is that? If that's God, I'm going to go get that. If I can have him, I'll go get him. That's better than anything. And I didn't necessarily have a bad life. I had lots of opportunity. I had lots of friends. I had gone lots of places. But whatever that God was, I wanted it. So I used to go out hunting for God everywhere. I mean, by myself. Because I knew that he could hear me. He could see me. And I'd go out in field and say, God, I want you. I don't know what that means. I didn't know what the Holy Spirit was. I thought he was Catholic or something. So anyway, one day I'm in a church. And it's not a church where that kind, of, that kind of Holy Spirit stuff happens. And I'm worshiping, and I put my hands up, and all of a sudden, I get this burn in my heart. And it's really hot, and it's really cold. And in this church, if you put your hands up, it was like, it was provocative. You were showing off, you know? It was real religious. And so my hands are up, and I'm like, I'm doing it. I don't care what they think. And I put my hands up, and I leaned into God. You can lean into God, by the way, in worship. What you do, what you say, what you ask makes a difference. You can tip the bowls of heaven. I put my hands up, and I got this burn. All of a sudden, it goes out of my body, and I can't move. And my hands are stuck up. And they lowered the lights for worship because it was the young adult service. And then they, they raised the lights. I'm this jerk with his hands up, not moving, thinking I'm holier than anybody. Not really. I just can't move. And then finally, like five minutes later, I, I'm able to come down, and I'm, like, quivering. And I'm like... What is this? You know, I thought God was just ideas and words. I didn't know that he could do. I didn't know what that was. It was invisible. It was like, what, what is this? It affected my, my brain. It affected my emotions. It affected my body. So I didn't know what happened, but the next day I went to work. And uh, I think I was painting or something, but I couldn't. I would open my mouth to worship, and I felt like, you know those clowns when they pull the stuff out of your mouth? I had, like, worship falling out of my, like, shooting out of my, someone was pulling it out of my mouth. It was like the energy of God was inside of me helping me worship. And I was like, wow, that's weird. 
The next day, I went to my Bible study, and a guy had a back problem. And I said, hey, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray for you. I said, I, I read in the, this book that God can heal people. And I go to pray for him, and I start walking over, and my body starts going like, and then it gets at my whole body starts shaking. And electricity is shooting through my body uncontrollably. And I try to speak, and I can't speak English. And I, I mean, the whole room is filled with this holy presence. And I said, everybody, get on your face. I said, God's here. I didn't know what praying in tongues was. I didn't know about the Holy Spirit. And so I realized at that point that something happened to me. And I had this confidence that I could hear God. Like he flicked a switch in my life. And I could hear. And I was, I was wired in to, to heaven. And so I would listen to my little voice and all sorts of great things happened. But after that happened, I went around to all these Christians and I was pissed. I said, why didn't you tell me about this? When that happened, you know, I felt like I had waited 26 years for that moment, and I was suffering every day until that moment happened. I was dying of thirst. Guys, God is not an option. He's salvation. He saves you. He saves you from being an orphan. He saves you from being content when you weren't made to be content. He saves you from being lonely. He saves you from not having any confidence. He saves you from not having any dreams. My entire world got changed. I mean, I was dead and then I was alive. And it was the Holy Spirit. It's if you knew who was talking to you and the gift of God that was available. I, I believe that's a, it's available right now. Tonight. That was the biggest turning point in my entire life. I got filled with so much passion. It was like furious passion. I could not get enough of God. And I knew that he had a future and a destiny for me. I was not confused anymore. You know, sometimes you're only confused because you're thirsty. And if you would drink, you would find your confusion goes away. If you seek first the kingdom of God, everything's going to take care of itself. Um, so this is the New Testament. They didn't have this in the Old Testament. They tried. They had a list of rules, and they tried to obey it to somehow please God. Oh, I've got to try harder. I've got to do this. But Jesus, he comes on the scene, and this is what he says. He said, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is at hand right now. I mean, not positive thinking, not Allah, not Buddha. The kingdom of heaven, of the God of all the earth, it's available right now. It's at hand. And that word at hand, what it means is to join something to something else. So it was like heaven got joined to Jesus. And he became a gateway. Um. It says the Holy Spirit says it issues from the Father. And what that means is that it comes out from the inside of him. The presence that's in this room, the presence that's in you, it was, it was literally inside the Father. And it came out and it came down. 
And it's not just inside you, it's upon you. So you know what heaven is? Heaven is where God is. Um, and so what's inside the Father? Life, wisdom, power, peace, hope, joy. Like, I, can't, I, I, I got this revelation a week or two ago, and I was like, oh, my God. I am literally, what's inside of God is around me, and it's as if I'm inside of God right now. This is crazy. And I got up out of my prayer. I said, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Do you feel that way? If you do, you live totally different. Um, so I have a little illustration here. Can you get Joseph for us? That we planned. <laughs> so this is Joseph. I just took him from the nursery. I wanted to show you. He's happy. He's got a coat of many colors. Wow, I'm loud. Sorry. Um, so, you know the word baptize? This is what John the Baptist said. said um, he said, I baptize in water, but there's one who's coming who's going to baptize with the Holy Spirit. And so I just want this. Is, this is a picture, okay? Um, Catholics, they go like, hey, that's baptism, okay? This is what the word means. It doesn't mean toes, you know, Jesus washed feet. It doesn't mean head. It's not baptism. It doesn't mean floating. That's not baptism, okay? This is what it means. He said, repent, and be baptized in the Holy Spirit. This is what it means. Do you see that? No, he's not. He is, he is being baptized into Christ, baptized into the Holy Spirit, baptized into life. Yes, the baby's okay. He's never been better in his life. Look at that. This is God. This is be baptized. Be filled. See? It's just water. It'll dry. Guys, do you see the picture? When you wake up, that's good. A wet baby, brand new, born again to a living hope. You know... The Old Testament, you would try to please God. The New Testament, God is pleased with you. You know what the work of the New Testament is? It says the kingdom of God is not food or drink, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. It's in the Holy Spirit. This is the kingdom of God. I'm serious. It should be sloppy. Let it be super sloppy. You say, is that person... You can't please God in your own effort. You can receive the gift of God. If you knew who was talking to you and the gift of God that was available, you would never thirst again. You'd never be confused about your future again. You would never look at pornography again. Anybody who's, you know what, here, here's the other picture here. This, this is heaven's definition of full. Do you see that? Do you see that? Do you see it? 
Do you feel it? Do you feel the kingdom of heaven at hand? That it's not a distant idea. It's not a moral code. You're not trying to obey laws to somehow receive God's pleasure. That he loved you and he made a way for you to be a part of him for free. And it's not a a dim encounter. It's a great glory that overwhelms you. Oh, that's a beautiful sound. That's like the rain of heaven. What if that's what you expected every Wednesday when you walked in here? What if you got upset if that didn't happen? (laughs) Not yet. I I promise I'll be a good one, though. Are you immersed? Are your emotions immersed? Is your brain immersed? Are your thoughts immersed? Is every part of you receiving the gift that God gave you? You know, you know that Jesus was crucified and a veil was torn. You know, that wasn't a veil to the holy place. That was a veil to the holy of holies, to the most holy place. You are the righteousness of God. There is nothing more righteous in the world than you. It is a free gift, and it's in the Holy Spirit, and it's an experience. Love is not an idea. It says the love of God has been shed abroad in our heart. That's something that comes upon you. And so God loves you so much that he wants to make you a part of the Trinity. I'm not saying you're God, big G. He wants to make the Trinity like a, a quadinity. Four. It says in John, he said, um, Father, I pray that they would be in me, even as I'm in you and you're in me, that you are locked into the same family relationship. You know, we all say we're sons of God, but do you know your brother of Jesus? Do you know who you are? Do you know how special your life is? Do you know how much he loves you? Do you think the Holy Spirit might be weeping over you in times and you didn't realize who you are? When you weren't fathered by perfect love? When you had to shrink your heart and its desires down to something so small that you expect nothing? It says, um, well, I think what God wants to do is that in the same way that Jesus stepped up and said the kingdom of heaven is at hand, that your mind gets so renewed that you're constantly a dunking baby in an overflowing cup. It's not beyond reach. It's not impossible. It's not for prophets or apostles. It's for you. And it's not for tomorrow. It's for today that you guys would be satellite campuses of heaven. Isn't that the prayer? Your kingdom come, your will be done. Um, It says in, and you guys can stand up. I think I made my point here. Um, It says, guys, in, in 1 Corinthians. Not yet. No, see, It says in 1 Corinthians, it says, we all drink of one spirit. Now, I haven't seen anybody, you know, drinking a little liquid Holy Spirit. And 
that woman didn't get some invisible cup and drink. But I think the drinking means this. It means receiving. If you're not overwhelmed, you have not been touched by God. Not in the way that he wants to. If it doesn't feel like too much, I imagine you're still dissatisfied. And my question is, are you thirsty? Literally, are you thirsty? God could encounter you right now. I believe in every testimony, there's an opportunity to do it again. Are you thirsty? And do you want to drink? Do you want what he offered that woman? Do you know, do you intimately know the gift of God? Or do you think God is so distant that that's not going to happen to you? Or that only happens on a conference. That only happens on a retreat. I think God wants to make that the norm. So I just, I want you guys to open your hands. I want you to close your eyes. And I want you to imagine Jesus before you. Offering you a drink that would cause you to never thirst again. Father, I just thank you for this group. God, I thank you that heaven is for real, that heaven is here, that heaven is now. God, I thank you that you chose them, that you love them. God, I thank you for opening up their hearts, God, for focusing their vision so they would see things in a way, God, where they would expect great things from you, God, that you would open the depths of their heart. God, I pray that deep would cry to deep over them. And I say that deep crying to deep is not a moment, it's an entire lifetime. And I say that you guys are going to drink over and over and over again and you guys are going to be giving away drinks to nations to your friends to your family to your schoolmates and i just ask you just we're just going to wait on god here and some of us are going to come by and pray for you but just ask god he really hears what you say ask him for a drink this podcast was recorded live at our Wednesday night youth meeting. To find out more, check us out on Facebook and Instagram by searching Airborne Youth.